Welcome, friends. Pour your favorite cup of tea, coffee, or cocoa and settle in for Sips from the Sip from the Utica Institute Museum. Sips from the Sip is all about sharing the history of little-known people and places in Mississippi. We're serving up truth, justice, with a dollop of sass. I'm your host, Jean Green. Today's episode is the 12th of a multi-part series of readings and discussions from the book, Black Man's Burden. Joining me today is Mrs. Loretta Gandy. Mrs. Gandy was Administrative Assistant to Utica Campus Vice President, Dr. George E. Barnes. We want to welcome to our podcast today, Ms. Loretta Gandy. Ms. Gandy is the retired Administrative Assistant to the President, and she had 40 years with Utica, so she's got a real serious commitment to and connection to the institution. So I know she's going to be sharing a lot with us today about chapter six. We are still in Black Man's Burden. We are now on chapter six. And in this chapter, we're going to see how Hopesclaw dealt with outside influences. So Ms. Gandy, can you share what you got from the book? Okay. When you ask the question to talk about the relevance as it relates to today, yes. You know, after reading chapter six, I just was reminded of the timeless aspects and uh, commonality of the human experience. Mr. Holcomb was, he was able to bring people together in the midst of all the extreme conditions. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he went through something. He really did. He did. There was religious diversity and human frailty. And, and out of all of that, he was able to accomplish his vision and build a school for the Negroes in the rural southern Hines County in Utica, Mississippi. Uh-huh. That's right. Now, he found a lot of creative ways to to overcome and to conquer every obstacle that he went through. And again, he went through some things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw where his insights just were amazingly inspiring to me, you know, because he didn't give up. No. Despite the overwhelming challenges that he went through. He found a lot of different ways around the lack of where he had the problem with funding, Mm -hmm. land, and and building materials. He just, he found ways to -hmm. make it happen. Mm -hmm. And then the community began to rally behind his efforts, and I Uh thought that was really great with the the support of even the local Baptist Uh minister. He had a change of heart, so... And you, you know, and that was that was so interesting to me too. And I know I'm interrupting. I'm so sorry, but when Holtzclaw had to juggle how each denomination, the Baptist and Methodist, those spot and wrinkled people, how they reacted to him with the school because he didn't want to seem like he was doing a Baptist school or a Methodist yeah. school, and I can't imagine trying to juggle that. And still appeasing everybody. everybody yeah. So tell me, did you did you have anything to say about that minister? That well, I, I just wanted to just say that that minister realized that Mr. Holcroft was not a humbug as he first thought. That's right. And, and then he realized that Mr. Holcroft's intentions were in the best interest of all the people in the community. Mm-hmm. That's true. And that was to build that school to so that he could educate the Negroes. Mm-hmm. And, um, he just again had a vision that was extraordinary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I got tickled at a couple of places in this chapter, mm-hmm. the one was when 
the spot of wrinkle folks, he was telling the, the tale about when you had to join them, you had to get up and confess your sins. <laughs> and that before he got there, there was this woman that got up and confessed oh, her sins. <laughs> and uh, she was going so good, the minister said, go on, keep on going. Yeah. Then she got she to him. To she was about to stop, but he wanted her to Yeah, going. she was about to stop. Yeah. And he said, keep it going, keep it going. <laughs> and then when she got around to him. Oh, he didn't want to hear it anymore. You know, set her down, she crazy. Yeah, yeah take her, get her out of here. <laughs> something else. And then another thing is when that minister came to apologize, he wouldn't even come on the ground because he That's right. felt a little guilty about what he had been doing. But he then called the man to come meet him, Dr. Holcroft, come meet him mm-hmm. out by the road, I guess. And so uh-huh. it was funny when they, uh, they were praying, then somebody <laughs> passed by, went back and had to tell the people and told him he had them down on the Had them down on the knees. Or, or, didn't they say praying or something? That's didn't right. really know what he was doing, but that's what he went back and told them. But that was interesting. And then folks had to come see. They came to see. What what was going what was on. Really going on. But like you said, that man who had been like one of his biggest opponents mm-hmm. came down, begged his pardon, got on his knees and prayed with him, mm-hmm. and then became his biggest supporter. He was the biggest supporter. I thought that was really awesome. Wasn't that? Won't God do it? No! <laughs> Mr. Gary. Yes. And ended up, they, uh, they, to me, it was interesting. It was 75 cents. Just 75 cents. It wasn't like it was $75. And they didn't want to, you know, did he need it? No, he wasn't worth having it. Well, then this is what got me, Miss Gannon. They weren't satisfied until they got a white man to hold them. Right, up. right. Now they were okay with that. Yeah. And I was like, really? Yeah. 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 <laughs> But this 75 cents we're talking here, you know, and you didn't want the man to leave with your 75 cents. Right. But I guess that was a lot of money. It was a good little bit, but still. Yeah. If you can't trust the folks you're around in right. the church with, right. you would rather entrust. Here you go. Entrust this man. Now, granted, he was over the bank. Yeah, yeah. But that just got away with me so bad. I thought y'all wasn't happy till the white man came. Right, you know, right. To, to and he didn't really want to do it, but mm-hmm. for seventy five cents, right? <laughs> yeah, but he did it anyway. Yeah, that oh, when the host call had to tell the folks that you know he had the lumber. They finally got the lumber. They oh my, wasn't that something? They want to know why you storing it over here, at right? At the Baptist church. church, you know, it's for. Yeah, the school. And he had to work and tell them that, no, 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 yeah. this is where they would let me put it. Oh, then, I mean, it's common sense. That's where they let me put it. That's where right. I'm putting it. You're right. storing right. But, yeah, people had a lot of issues. Just gave him all kinds of trouble. But, you know, but he persevered. Oh, and yeah. then, what did he say towards the end of the chapter about what made up the people who supported it? You had to have... Northern whites. Yeah. You had to have Southern Negroes and Southern whites. Yeah. Yeah. And then he listed all those folks that were his supporters. Uh And I was like, you know. And then he wanted to make sure he didn't leave out some of the people who, when he got there, that helped him out. Mm -hmm. That was awesome. And then Dan Griffin, that name was just stuck with me, Dan Griffin, because I'm like, oh my God, I remember the, the son, Dan Griffin. What? He used to drive the trucks around, and but wow. I, I remember that I did go to 
the Dan Griffin's house. They uh-huh. right there off of 27, at the end of 27 Highway, uh-huh. Cayuga Road in 27. I visited their house, and I remember their mom, you know. <laughs> but the man, Dan that. Griffin's wife, you know. The man from the book has a direct connection to you because you remember the son. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah. And then his, his wife, Dan Griffin, yeah, his wife worked at the bank. No, the, the son, not the the one in this book, but the uh, wife worked at the bank in Utica at one time. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at that. Mm-hmm. So it, what that tells me that we're not as far removed from the story. Right. I saw some names in here that were just like, oh my goodness. <laughs> they talked about the Dan Griffin and how he was a character, you know, uh-huh. his, before he became, right. well, he came to the church anyway. Uh-huh. And I was like, I I, I I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Oh, well, you know, we talked about what Hulse Call went through. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we're in the, the school and the institution is in a state of transition now. And we have newer people coming in that don't know the story. And part of what we try to do with this that we're doing with you and others and what we're trying to do with the museum is instill that story and that sense of community. Because when new people come, Miss Loretta, we try to tell them how it was when we first got here. Mm -hmm. You know, and how it was just, it was like the campus was its own neighborhood or town. Yeah. And how everybody, you know, worked together. You saw them every day. You saw them after work. You saw them at the games or in whatever. There is none of that. And they really felt like, at that time, a family connection. Yeah. You know, but, yeah, as the years went by, it just kind of yeah away. Well, as people left. As people left, yeah. Mm -hmm. And new people came in who have absolutely no idea. But I truly wished I had read this book. I'm I'm asking myself, why didn't I read this book before now? Right. When I was in school here, why didn't I read it? And when I was working here, what kept me from picking this book up? Because there is some really treasure in this book. It's really interesting. Yeah. I really don't even know why I never read it. You know, I, I had talked to, and I talk to students when they come into the humanities class. It's not an easy book to read well, at first. Well, it's not. That's one thing. Yeah. You know, you start it, and um, my thing was, it's not making logical sense to me. Right. You know, you're jumping from here and there and here and there, and then I put it down the first time. Yeah. I'm like, I don't have that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the second time I tried it, I read the introduction, or its preface, mm-hmm. and he says it's, a collection of his speeches. And once I thought about that, I was like, well, okay, I can see why it's not making sense now. Yeah. He's speaking, you know, when you do speeches and presentations, you cater them for your audience. Mm-hmm. So, this first chapter was catered for one audience, and the second chapter was catered for an audience. So, you might have a little bit of conflict in what you're saying. Oh, yeah. I said, okay, well, then let me get past that. Right. Once I got past that and got caught up in what he was going through, his life beforehand, his life at Tuskegee, and then what he had to go through when he got here, uh-huh. I was like, you know, that's not really that different from what we have to struggle with now. We ain't never going to have enough money right, right. to run it. Mm-hmm. We're always going to have opposition 
from folks in the community who are naysayers mm -hmm. until they see you produce. Right, right. Uh, we're always going to have some opposition from outside influences because they don't understand what the vision and the mission really is for A, a community college, and B, a community college catered to black students. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how do you get folks to see that you're not saying they're less than and you're more than, but that you have a common goal to uplift everybody? Right, right. But it's hard when folks can't see past what they see as your, your surface, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So I got, as I read through the book, and especially as I was reading it aloud, some of that just started coming. I'm like, you know, he really, he had to persevere really, really hard. And his wife had to be there for him. Yeah. You know, because she had to run it without him. She did. She even had him. Well, no, his mother had him when the father was gone and I was like does that mean that she had to deliver that baby herself and yeah. cut that cord surely there was because a midwife he said that he was, that they were alone he sure did just mother and me that's right so he she never mentioned that there was another person I mean, sure they left something out but he said no. it was just me and mother huh? alone he said alone I he believe. sure did oh that's a horrible thought yeah <laughs> yeah but, uh, yeah, yeah that if she was alone, she had to do all that oh, herself. Yeah. After birth, everything. Yeah. Oh. Oh. That's just, you know, I, I, yeah, I just <laughs> can't even imagine. Oh, and then the time when he, well, I'm not even supposed to be going into other people's channel, but the time that he got that horrible whipping. Yes, from the teacher. From the teacher. That beat him so he couldn't, he couldn't even make it home. He couldn't make it home, had to sit it. Well, I don't know, he was there, but he had yeah, beat him that bad. Yeah. Teachers do that? I mean, did yeah. that. Yeah. Well, that one did evidently because he had, as, as what the children say, he was feeling some kind of way, some type of way, mm -hmm. and just beat him. And then when his father had to come find, find him. Yeah. Bring him home. Bring him home. He wanted to get him. Father mm -hmm. wanted to get him, but the mother said no. The mother said no. Uh uh. It, it, he had to go through some, and what I was talking to the students about was when he was a student at Tuskegee, I said, guess how, many, how long it took him to get through school? And the students were like, well, two years, three years, I said, it took eight years, because yeah. stuff happens at home. He got sick himself. Yes. yes. Yeah, his, and then his sister died. His daddy died. His daddy died. He had to go home died. and help out. And yeah. And then the sister wanted to go to school and had to work for that. And yeah, then the brother wanted to go yeah, to school. so he had to help them out when they were there. So that's no different from folks now. Yeah. You know, you have uh, family issues and personal health issues. And so the fact that he he kept going, he kept going. He kept going. He didn't even have clothes, decent clothes to wear. Oh, when he was talking about trying to patch his clothes up. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the material was so thin, there was no hope for that. There was no hope for it. Oh, Lord. Oh, that was something. Yeah, that really was. He, he, you know, every excuse was provided for him to give up. Yeah. Everything fell in his way. You know. Exactly. Give up. Let it go. And he did. He did not. He refused to give up. You know, especially when you hit opposition. Mm -hmm. Folks are just, you know, 
in your face like this preacher was. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And he just rolled right on. Mm-hmm. You know, there were just so many things. Hey, growing up as a little boy, that was horrible too. That yeah. his mother was working at this white for the white folk, uh-huh. and sometimes they wouldn't even have food at home. Go to right. bed without eating, and sometimes later over in the night, she'd bring a pot of juice. Yeah, a pot of and and they were able to partake of that. But and the fact that he said sometimes they put their head in there. <laughs> I know, you know, them and the dog and the, dog, and the pig. That's right, and the pig. And the dog taking the pie crust. I'm like, y'all gonna fight the dog for the pie crust, And Lord. they got stretched up for me <laughs> for that. <laughs> there were some just, things that were just, oh my. It was some stuff going on. And the, when he when he got here, I, I think prior to him getting here. Oh my God, over in the Sunflower County, what did, oh, Delta. Yes. Oh my goodness. That was awful. Remember, did he get attacked by an animal or something? I can't remember. What I don't think so. No, but he came through bushes. The yes. Bushes yes. Yeah. yeah. In the, what do you call it? The swamps or the marks? Came right to the that, But I, this is how I tell students that there was no paved roads. Right. That's what I was thinking. I was like, oh, well, he had to come. No paved. There was nothing. No road. No. Yeah. And this is the road you take. You just That's walking right. through. Yeah. He fell in that well, remember? Yeah. Couldn't get out. Couldn't Trying get, to get out. some water. Uh-huh. His heart. And the man wasn't sure he wasn't going to get him out, but he did get him out. And then he, he had, had some it. crazy statement. <laughs> yeah, so he had a lot to say. Oh, my. But I'll tell um, you. The, the man went through all of this mm-hmm. and for 40 years ran the school up until his death. Yeah. But, Miss Gandy, I want to thank you so much for coming in and talking. Today about this, I want you to know that I appreciate it. I just want to say that I thought this was an excellent example of what we can accomplish mm-hmm. when like-minded people join forces and commit to improving conditions for the good of all people, just uh-huh. as whole cloth is, even beyond any race, religion, or any social economics condition. You know, we can just find that he was his courage and determination just served him inspire me and to encourage me that no matter the time or the circumstances you know you can just persevere to do anything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. lots of encouragement from this and I found that he was an excellent role model mm-hmm. not only to show what can be done when you are able to dream big and keep going until the dream becomes a reality right he had a dream and he was not letting anything stop it that's right that's right. I mean, I would have given up, like I said, a long time ago. <laughs> and then the my takeaway from this is this: if your path is difficult, it means that your purpose is much bigger and far greater than you thought. Say that for the folks in the back. <laughs> if your path is difficult, it means that your purpose is much bigger and far greater than you thought. Thank you for tuning in for Sips from the Sip. Join me next time for a reading of Chapter 7 of William Holt's Clause, Black Man's Burden. This program is supported by donations from our listeners. If you enjoy learning about the history of William Holt's Claw, the Utica Institute, and Mississippi, consider donating. To support Sips from the Sip, and all the work at the Utica Institute Museum, visit our Patreon at patreon.com 
forward slash Utica Institute. Until next time, this has been Jean Green coming to you from the heart of the SIP.